You're listening to the audio program, Host and Guest, hosted by me, Rick Katchke. Now here's myself, Rick Katchke. Yes, welcome to this edition of Host and Guest. I'm your host, Rick Katchke, and on today's program, I'm joined by comedian Scott Aukerman. We'll have the interview with Scott in just a moment. Last week, I burned my mouth on a pizza roll, and uh, it's been very painful this past week. And it made me think about the time that I had my wisdom teeth removed. That was back when I was in college, and I remember I was on pain medication. I had taken it at night, and the effects of it hadn't worn off by the time I got up for my morning class, and I needed to get some money out of the ATM. And I got to the ATM, and I was so woozy and out of it from the pain medication that I couldn't remember my PIN number. I just couldn't remember it at all. I tried a few times and then my ATM card was locked uh, because I had failed to enter in the correct code. And it was at that point that I looked on the ATM machine and I saw that their 1980s graphic for the ATM card had the name Richard Mozzarella on it which was some programmer's clever way of sliding in a reference to dick cheese uh, because he apparently loved the slang term for smegma. We'll have the interview with Scott Aukerman in just a moment. My guest on today's program is comedian Scott Aukerman, the host of Comedy Death Ray Radio, the very popular radio program and podcast. He's also the co-creator of the original Comedy Death Ray Comedy Showcase in Los Angeles. Scott was also a writer and performer on Mr. Show with Bob and David, and I spoke with him before a live performance of Comedy Death Ray Radio at the Kinetic Playground in Chicago. (laughs) All right, uh, welcome to this edition of Host and Guest. Today I'm joined by Scott Aukerman. Scott, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Is that your radio voice? I do put it on a okay, little bit. Yeah, yeah. So do I. I have one too. <laughs> Are you doing it right now? Or? I am indeed doing it. It's a little. I, I enunciate a little more. I'm a little more little, sing-songy. Right. Right. Yeah. You've seen through the uh, the veil that I use. Plus, I have an English accent when I'm not on the radio. Oh, really? Yeah. We chatted a little before then. That's you probably true. Probably heard it. That's true. Yeah. Um, Southern England. Southern England. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the Northerners. Ugh. They're the worst. But, uh, no, Southern England, yes. Well, Scott, uh, thank you for Americanizing your voice for this edition. <laughs> American idolizing my voice. Right, like sea-cresting yeah. it mm-hmm. a little bit. Sea-cresting. Not cowling, because that would be pointless. Sure. <laughs> so welcome to this edition of Host and Guest. Uh, yes, Scott, and. You are the uh, creator and host of uh, Comedy Death Ray. Radio, yes. And and the regular Comedy Death Ray as Co-cre- well? Or co-creator. Co-creator, that, yes. Sorry. Uh, could you tell the audience a little bit about CDR and its origins? What is CDR? Uh, it's uh, the abbreviation for oh, the Comedy Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, sure, yeah. It was a, um, a show that uh, uh, a funny guy named BJ Porter, who was also on Mr. Show with me, um, started um, at a bar and um, with a bunch of stand-ups. And we, we, I think we both were – I was performing a lot of stand-up at the mm-hmm. time. And um, – um, I don't know, just kind of a fun place to perform, and it turned into uh, uh, seven and a half years now, uh, a really kind of mainstay of the L.A. comedy scene. Sure. And, uh, you know, great people go up and perform. We put out a record. We have done a lot of charity work, and so it's been a really good uh, 
kind of experience. And then just a, a year ago, um, I got an offer to do a, a radio show for free. Yeah. Uh, those are the best kind of offers. <laughs> um, will you do something for free for me? Will you provide me entertainment? Um, but um, I don't know. I, I'd always wanted to be a, a, like a DJ. I'd always like sort of fantasized about it when I was young. You'd practice the voice. Pra- yeah, I would make tapes. Um, I would practice the American voice, uh, make tapes of uh, American people speaking, and try to repeat what they said. Mm-hmm. Um, and it only took me um, 33 years uh, about the life of Christ, but I finally mastered the accent, and um, I'm here now. <laughs> um, and also, if you could tell us what you know about the origins of um, CDRs, recordable CDs, if you know. Yes, <laughs> definitely. I know a lot about those. Well, basically what happened was digital media, uh, digital recording is a, a series of uh, uh, zeros and ones, mm-hmm. and uh, you encode those uh, into a sequence of uh, patterns, and uh, as you know, they string together all these zeros and ones, and basically what happens is uh, a CDR, how long do I have to go with this? <laughs> It's about keep going. Okay, go. that was I, that Good. was a completely was serious question. Um, yeah, they're they're uh, on their way out, phasing out. Yeah. Now, Scott, uh, <laughs> you <Good> segue. <laughs> Speaking of phasing out uh, CDRs, okay. you were a writer on Mister Show. Uh-huh. Uh, do uh-huh. you have any uh, favorite memories or favorite skits from your uh, time on the program? Um, I remember. One of my favorite memories was Dino Stamatopoulos got this book from 1920, I believe, and I'm remembering it now as I say it, uh, so I may not get the story right, but um, he got a book called The Book of Humor, and it was this stodgily written, very archaic book about what was funny, and it gave suggestions of, it was even more archaic than Steve Allen's How to Be Funny, if you can believe that. (laughs) But um, it gave suggestions about like ways to make jokes in your in your life, mm-hmm. um, but none of them made any sense because time had marched on for seventy years hence, and um, no one knew what any of these jokes were referencing. <laughs> so we one day we had the book, we were laughing about it, ha ha ha, this is stupid, and we put it away. And then um, we were in one of our many uh, argumentative pitch meetings um, where nothing seems to happen and a day goes by and you don't think of any good ideas mm-hmm. and I remember Dino pitched the worst idea I'd ever heard in my life uh, about something about uh, the number of sheep in a herd like you know just just this strange idea and we all looked at him because Dino's a really funny guy like what are you talking about and he just smiled and brought out the book <laughs> <laughs> and he had been pitching from the book the entire time so sure. that was a that was a great memory as I recall <laughs> Now, uh, since then, you've gone on. You worked on Shark Tale. I did Tale. go on. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, I didn't you, end right there. I didn't slip my wrists. <laughs> well, it doesn't get better than that. You've uh, continued to write screenplays. You worked mm-hmm. on Shark Tale. Hey, uh, a few of your scripts uh, have been bought, but have gone unproduced. Has a there... lot of my scripts have been bought. <laughs> I was Most be- have been unproduced. I was being generous. <laughs> um, is there a favorite among the lot that uh, you really wish would be made into a film? Yeah, you know, there's one that. Um, B.J. Porter and I wrote, and then Bob Odenkirk wrote another draft with us, several more drafts with us, that we've always wanted to do. Um, and it's almost gotten made several times mm-hmm. over the last um, 10, 12 years um, with different people attached to it. it, it it's, it's called Canaan Rhodes' Unkillable Servant of Justice. 
And um, I know every time, like, you know, every couple of years we go, what about this person to be in it? And then someone says, oh, well, they're not a movie star. Um, they can't get a movie made. Yeah. And so we've gone through Owen Wilson, Will Ferrell, uh, Jack Black. You know, several people were, you know, kind of like, hey, what about these people? And people said no to them. And now they're the biggest movie stars in the world. Um, and then uh, it, about three years ago, I think Rain Wilson was attached to do it, and it was this close. And MTV said yes. MTV Films said mm-hmm. yes to it, and their bosses at Paramount said no, and it just all went away. But I, I still have hope that one of these days. Can you reveal the premise for the film? Um, I don't know. I'm sure people can read it if <laughs> sure. it's maybe online or something somewhere. But I, I would rather not because. <laughs> You, you know, know you've, you've read about my history. I like to uh, steal people's oh, ideas really? yes. oh, <laughs> that have I already been was, sold. Didn't know that was part of the podcast. <laughs> uh, anything that you would like to contribute? Something that you need some workshopping that I can. Yes, uh, it's a story of a plucky young man uh, who likes to wear checkered shirts and shorts that are a little high for my tastes, and then spread <laughs> his legs as he points. Oh, no, and you're instinctively closing them, right? Now. Um, I'm not looking down there, no matter how hard you want me to. <laughs> That's also part of it. I like to tempt, <laughs> um, I guess, whether that Oh, it's no temptation. No. It's horrific what you have going on down there. I apologize. Um, that was the opposite of the effect uh, I had intended. <laughs> hmm. uh, now, Scott... Speaking uh, <laughs> of the opposite effect... <laughs> Uh, now, uh, currently in Los Angeles, you are uh, running a series of films at the Cine Family. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've highlighted uh, several underappreciated gems. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you get started doing that, and what are some of the films that you've uh, shown and plan to show? Um, you know, I, I, it was just an idea I had. I, I've always really loved comedy movies, and, and it, uh, I remember I saw The Awful Truth, which is a 30s comedy Um at uh, a museum in Los Angeles with a big packed crowd yeah. and um, I saw it another time at I believe the New Beverly as well and both times packed crowds and just some of the most fun um, <clears throat> just one of the most fun experiences of seeing this like movie that if you were to watch it on TV you would maybe chuckle at it mm-hmm. but <clears throat> but watching it in a crowd um, the laughs are just contagious and that, I mean that's that's why live comedy is so great to see is because yeah. there's a group of people and you're all laughing and um, I really realized that, like a lot of com- a lot of people don't watch comedies in the theater; they watch them at home, mm-hmm. you know. And like that's how p- things become cult classics, and, right? You know, but but there's some great movies out there that um, a lot a lot of the movies I show, I hear people say, "Oh yeah, I saw that in the theater and I didn't like it," but they saw it, it was a failure, and they saw it with two other people in the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, like MacGruber is so funny. Yeah, but I saw it with literally two people in the theater. And, you know, I saw it with uh, like fourteen. So like I'm laughing hysterically, but imagine a hundred, a hundred and fifty people laughing. Like it would be the best experience you ever had. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of why I wanted to do it. And so um, what I do is I get comedians to pick films that they like, and then we show them. And um, the ones I'm doing right now this month are like I picked them. They're like underappreciated movies that make me laugh. Like uh, Martin Short's Clifford is one of them, which is really um, so funny, and again, I was me and BJ Porter were the only two people in the theater, mm-hmm. and we're dying laughing our asses off. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it with a packed crowd. Yeah, and you also showed one of my favorites, uh, the Wrong Guy. Oh, the Wrong Guy is, is amazing. Never amazing. came out. Mm-hmm. Never came out, and I saw it twice in the theater um, as they were trying to get a distribution for it. Okay, uh, with a packed crowd, and so funny. Yeah, 
and then I saw it, you know, we showed it the other night, and another packed crowd, and every joke hit, it was beautiful, yeah. and you have people going, oh, when I saw it before, I didn't like it that much, but this, you know, <laughs> and that's what it is, comedy needs to be seen with people. Sure. Now, uh, every week on the show, we always ask for some recommendations. Oh, good. Uh, I mean, you're, this is totally this foreign is to, to you. This yeah, is a you... surprise to me, but <laughs> I'll see what I can do. So, first of all, uh, an album recommendation. Could be a comedy album, could be a mm-hmm. music album. Um, I really like that song. Uh, probably my favorite song is uh, Prince's Bat Dance. Have you heard that song? Uh, is that from the Batman, the Batman soundtrack? soundtrack? That's really good. I, I'm sure I've heard it, but I... It, it was a number one single, his, one of his only number one singles. Uh, it's a really good song. Like It's just like the most well-constructed song. You know what I mean? It's just like a mm. perfect song. You know, when you talk about like song crafting and songmanship mm-hmm. is yeah. a word that a lot of people throw around. Songmanship. Especially when it comes to Prince. Yeah. Uh, um, that, that one is really a great example of just like the perfect way to write a great melody. Um, I also like that song, MacGruber. Um, that's that's a really good song, um, from the from the movie MacGruber. Okay, not yeah. the not the abridged version that they use on SNL. No, I like that <laughs> one too. I just like that melody. I think yeah. that's a really good song. Um, it's probably those are probably my two favorite songs. Two favorite songs. Yeah, sure. Uh, and also a film recommendation. Film recommendation. Um, you know the the awful truth that I just talked about. That's a great uh, comedy. The um, it's a divorce comedy, which is really kind of you think about you think about you know movies in the '30s, and you think everyone is like really prim and proper. And yeah. actually, there was a period where like you know there were comedies about things like divorce, and it's a comedy about a couple who goes through a divorce and hates each other, and it's super super funny. And <laughs> um, that's that's one of my favorites. Also, Bob Hope. People should check out more Bob Hope. Um, Road to Europa. The road great. films, yeah, really? the road films. Uh, some of the road films. They okay. made seven, I believe, or maybe eight. And the first and the last are horrible. And okay. the ones in the middle are, are all really good. Europa, Morocco, those are the two best. Sure. And, Utopia. Uh, Why well, I keep saying Europa? Utopia. <laughs> Utopia. I don't know the. What films is Europa? Well. <laughs> oh, that's a Thomas like, Dolby song. Yeah. That's another great song. Europa and the Pirate Twins by Thomas Dolby. Those are probably the three. I'm familiar songs. with uh, she blinded me him with oh, science that's or shit. me with science. That's total shit. No, Europa and the Pirate Twins. Prince's Bat Dance and MacGruber, probably the three best songs. Just put them on a CDR and mm-hmm. you're off. Oh, what is that? It's a, a, a CD recordable, I believe. Oh, I've never heard of that. Compact disc But it sounds great. I would um, love, to, love to do what you're telling me to do. <laughs> and uh, since you are on the pulse of uh, mm. L.A.'s comedy scene and comedy in general, any uh, up-and-coming comedians that you'd like to get the word out about? You know, it's interesting that who people know and who don't. Um, I think... Um, a lot of the people that I know that have been doing it a long time, people don't even know who they are, like Tig Nataro. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems to be on like sort of a tipping point. Um, you know, James Adomian, who's on my show a lot. Um, he's on Last Comic Standing now. And um, uh, Hannibal Burris is really funny. Um, Natasha Legero, John Mulaney, um, Brett Gelman, uh, John Daly, Nick Kroll, all those sure. guys, yeah. Um, Chelsea Peretti shouldn't shouldn't forget Chelsea Peretti really funny excellent and uh, is there anything else coming up that you'd uh, like to spread the word about I have nothing nothing I have nothing to plug are you trying to get plugs in a little bit yeah okay see if you have anything that you want to plug but um, all right (laughs) Um, all right you can steal plugs for this I have nothing to plug I have nothing coming up sure well uh, my life is a failure as you've pointed out to me (laughs) a lot of unproduced projects no I would I would kill to be uh, an unproduced 
worker. Are you trying to say you're going to murder me? I'm going to murder you, yes. Oh, my God. Uh, well, this took a turn. <laughs> uh, I'm going to cut the uh, audio short before uh, I do the same to your throat. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, Scott, thanks so much for being on Host Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, great. Let me know when this is on so I can uh, take my family out of the country. Thanks again to Scott for joining me on the program. If you haven't already, be sure to check out Comedy Death Ray Radio and definitely listen to the Chicago episode as it was one of the funniest shows I've ever been to in my life. Our theme song is done by Tiny Folk. You can listen to all of his music on Last FM. I'm your host, Rick Kaczke. Thanks again to listening to another edition of Host and Guest. Sand, 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 sand,